0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: How's it going? This is the Pop Rocks Radio P- Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. i sure I'm glad you did. I am super duper excited today. I, um, we have a returning guest, one of my whole favorite people in the, uh, the world of filmmaking and indie film and uh, entertainment. She is cool, turned up to 10, filmmaker extraordinaire. Um, miss, or Mrs., I'm not sure, uh, April Wright. Uh, April, how are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me on, and that's quite an intro. I I appreciate the high marks. <laughs> well, it's,
1: it's, I, I only speak the truth. I only speak the <laughs> truth. I have to tell you, April, you made a little bit, you were first on, I believe it was back in April or possibly March. It was in the spring, early spring, and um, – uh, your film, a documentary called Back to the Dry Bend. Uh you were you were doing press for it, promo and everything, and, and it's since come out and it's everywhere. But I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite documentaries of the year. I um, it's so well done. So I just rewatched it the other night, and uh, uh, I, this is you know, watch viewing number four I think of it, and
2: ah, it just gets thank better you. every
1: time. Well, I mean, I
2: I, I can give a couple little recaps on that, because first off, um, I appreciate that. And actually, yeah, across the board, I've had such wonderful reviews of the film from critics. And then once it it played in theaters first, um, played in a Mm -hmm. lot of drive-ins, but also a lot of indoors. And then when it came out on VOD in the spring, I think that's when we talked. And now it's on Amazon Prime and uh, a bunch of other places. And so it just keeps getting to a wider and wider audience. And I'm constantly getting messages from people I don't know talking about how much they love (laughs) the film. But also the drive-in owners are telling me that people are, you know, coming to their drive-ins because they saw them in the movie and that they're being treated kind of like celebrities. (laughs) One was telling me at the – yeah, the one from the Greenville drive-in um which is the one that was showing the Big Lebowski and they were making white Russians and had the dude cookie. Yeah, absolutely. They they were telling me they went to a Joe Bob Briggs um event and some people in the audience were more excited to see them than they were to see Joe Bob Briggs cuz they no, saw them man. from the movie so they were like, you know, local celebrities. So so yeah, we're getting just a lot and the whole point was to bring attention the drive-ins are family-owned. Everybody's, you know, pushing to keep them going, and so I'm really glad to hear that that uh, the drive-ins are getting some love after people see the movie. That means a lot to me. Oh
1: yeah, well it's it's so good. It's so good. I got to tell you, a month it was uh, maybe a month ago, we had just it was weird because we had just um, I don't know we had connected and, and decided to do a catch-up show and whatnot. Um, you know, via Facebook or email or something, I can't remember. But so we got that nailed down. And I am part of um, uh, our family here has a, a I don't know, there's probably a fancy word. And if I wasn't an old man, I would know it. But it's a text, it's like a group text where the whole family can see what you text. And yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's like a little family group thing, you know, hey, we're, what's for dinner Sunday night? You know, that type of deal. And my, Sister-in-law, my 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 wife's sister, younger sister, her and her fella just bought a house, and um, you know they they're, they're I don't know hour and a half two hours away, and they um, you know are, are new homeowners, and so they're they're trying to entertain themselves on the cheap, you know, uh, doing things different things and whatnot, um, budget conscious is a, a good way to do it, and you know I, I don't have the heart to tell them kids, that's never going to end. Um, Just get ready for the rest of your life. You'll be thinking about budgets um, no matter where you fall, you know, on the scale. Um, Yeah, (laughs) that's the way it is. So, anyway, she texts and she goes, oh, we had such a great time last night, me and uh, her fella, and uh, they went to a local drive-in, saw a double feature, and she was just going on and on. She'd never been to a drive-in didn't know much about them you know, wow young, which, younger. which
2: one did, do you know which one she went to it was somewhere up
1: n- near, it's it, well it's got to be up by Orlando that neck of the woods Ocala. you know somewhere central oh, Florida Ocala. I'm thinking
2: yeah. O- Ocala had yeah. Been, yeah
1: yeah yeah I'm sure yeah. that's I'm sure that's where it was and yeah. they um you know she's just going on and on and I said well settle down now you gotta watch <laughs> this film and so I'm like, you know, thinking, well, maybe I'll buy this for him for Christmas or something. You know, that's in my mind. I said, well, where can they watch this thing at? And so I Googled it, hadn't done this. And, you know, hadn't really kept up with where the Back to the Dry Van is, is at streaming-wise, you know. And to my surprise, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. <laughs> you can even watch this on Tubi. Uh, you know, yeah, I watch commercials, but... I Whatever. love
2: Tubi. I'm happy I'm yeah. proud to be on Tubi. I watch things on there all the time. That's
1: <laughs> <Well>, great. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. And you know, and so I sent her all these links and everything and I said you know, and I was just talking about the film I'm like, This is an amazing movie, you know, you should definitely check it out. It's so interesting.
2: Thank you. It's so and well And there's done. an awards show actually in a few days on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Film Threat. They've been around forever. Oh, yeah. And um, Film Threat really champions truly independent films. They do film reviews. And um, they started an awards show a few years ago because a lot of the other award shows, even though they honor independent film, a lot of those independents have a lot yeah. of big stars and – a lot of money behind mm, them. The fix and in. So, yeah. yeah. And so they wanted to honor, you know, the, the really low-budget films, the uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I have a nomination for Best Documentary About the Movies or Filmmaking is the category. And then also Best Director, um, although they split nice. male and female directors. So it's Best Director, Best Directress, which I hate that title. Mm. We're all directors. But I do like that they wanted to expand the category to um, recognize more people. So I'm up for those two awards um, on the show on Sunday, and that that um, show actually plays live on YouTube, I think. So that's going to be a good time. And yeah. you know, it, it, as they always say, it's an honor to be nominated. Yeah, it's 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 of all the places to be nominated, especially for this movie because I think we talked about it before it, it was really independent because I. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I had two documentaries that were coming out, one about stunt women and one about movie palaces. And the movie palace one was playing in theaters when all the theaters shut down. <laughs> and so it got mm. cut short. And during the pandemic, the drive-ins were getting so much, much buzz, but because I knew some of the owners um, from my previous documentary I was like, well, the picture is not totally as rosy as it's made out to be. Like, yeah, they've had a lot of attention, mm-hmm. but they're still struggling with all these things, and um, and they're all kind of eccentric in their own way. You know, to own a drive-in does take a special type of person who either you know sets out to find to find one to buy and operate, or they grew up in it. And so I was like, you know, what can I make during the pandemic? And and this was a film that I didn't need to have a crew. I could just get in the car by myself. I'm I'm based in Los Angeles, but I drove across the country. I went to Texas, I went up to Nebraska. I all the way to Maine. Drive-ins in Illinois, Ohio, by Niagara Falls, Baltimore, Cape Cod, and so I spent a month driving myself with my drone, oh. with my with my GoPro to do the time-lapse from day to night with my, you know, main camera, and I basically made, you know, the majority of the film myself. Of course, I had people help, you know, with music and, you know, all the finishing color and all that, but, but yeah, it was truly an indie film because I was like, you know, I kind of got stopped when COVID started on my other two films, and I was like, I'm not going to come out of COVID without a new film, and it just was the one that made sense, and, and because it was so indie, I am so happy that it turned out the way it did um, and that people, you know, like it. But I think the driving owners are so interesting. They're really the stars of the show. And just finding the right subjects is half the battle. That you know you're going to get interesting stuff from them.
1: That's amazing. That is amazing. I well, I I, I remember you telling me, you know, how it, such a dedication, you know, to uh, to do this and um, and to make this. Hey, April, you brought up an interesting point, though, about act, or, uh, directors versus directoresses. Um, <laughs> I have a question for yeah. you, and you're my cool, you know, Hollywood friend, because um, I always get stuck with this. Um, when writing the word definitely, I always say defiant No, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, no, I get caught up in the, because, um, you know, when I make the flyers and, and build the show, um, actor or actresses. Uh, you know uh, which you, which is proper. I always just because I don't know. I don't know if there's a formula mm-hmm. for that or whatnot. Um, I, I just go to exactly. IMDb and say,
2: please enlighten me because yeah. I do not know. Yeah. So in in common speak, female is actress, male is actor. But in the Screen Actors Guild, they're all called actors. It's not gender based. Nice. So that's so, nice. so actor. So actor is correct. And, um, you know, for the industry, however, the way that people talk about it, actress for women, actors for men. You can kind of use either or, but that's how the Guild looks at it. And for director, it's just director male or female. Um, I haven't really seen it split. Although what's interesting, a few of the award shows, like the the um, Film Independent, um, uh, Independent Spirit Awards, they took away the best actor and best actress categories just to make it best performance so that there wouldn't be a gender, uh, a gender-based system. And, you know, while you're like, okay, you can appreciate that. And for directors, there's not a gender-based split except for this show I'm going to on Sunday. Um, but like the Oscars don't split it, and so you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. However, you know, like I mentioned a second ago, the the nice thing is that it gives more people an opportunity to be recognized and to be nominated. When you, you know, condense the category out of the separate categories, I think it does create it kind of almost has a negative effect by creating mm. less opportunity for women because in general they don't get as meaty of roles because there's less things made with female leads. That's starting to That's change. True. Um, it's starting to change, but it kind of goes back to the bias, you know, in the whole system for forever um, that men are favored in the, in the storytelling. But, you know, so it's kind it's a whole a whole discussion going on. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it's, well, but it's, it's for most most of the awards it's still split. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in learning more about this, you can definitely look up. There's been a lot of debate, especially I would say in the last five years or so, um, around how the how the awards are are broken out.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's crazy, and I can guarantee I will get some emails uh, from some knuckleheads going, "Oh, what are you woke now?" And blah blah. Yes, I am proudly woke. Um, I'm a painter. I'm in the arts for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, I, how does that surprise any a bleeding heart? You know. Yeah. Um, but I I don't please. really
2: see it as a. I don't really see it as a woke thing. I think it's just a thing about, you know, how to recognize people for what they're doing, and you know, if you look absolutely. at,
1: absolutely.
2: You know, if you look at the industry, it is evolving, and there's nothing wrong. You know, Barbie was the biggest movie this year. And so, you know, anybody Absolutely. who thinks that that female that female led movies can't do well, they can. There's just, you know, there's been perception that they won't. And so, you know, some of these things are changing, and it, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. And and all the guys I talked to that watched Barbie really loved it. It was only people who didn't yeah. see it who had their own idea in their head of what they thought it was going to be and had decided, Oh, I, I'm probably not going to like it, but all the people male or female who did see it usually liked it. So, you know, it's all people, people can think whatever they want, but anything that's trying to recognize people more and especially, uh, you know, for independent filmmaking, because it is so hard to make films um, independently and to break into the studio system. So anything that's, providing more opportunity to bring attention, like like you're doing with this conversation, to bring attention so that more people discover things that they personally might find interesting, then that's a win.
1: Absolutely,
2: absolutely.
1: And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages.
0: McDonald's reminds my family that the holiday season isn't just about what we receive, but what we can give to others. That's why when you pick up a family bundle deal, 50 cents are donated to local Ronald McDonald House Charities chapters. Each bundle comes with 40-piece chicken McNuggets and two large fries for $18.99, with each purchase helping families stay together when they need it most. McDonald's is showing that the season of sharing can be both delicious and rewarding. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
1: Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us. us
2: Hey, Rockers. This is Stacy Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of
0: the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name
2: a few.
1: Dot com. very very cool stuff. Check it out. Folks. You know it's, it's it's so interesting because you have all these people that um, you know. I don't know. They they get. I try not to to wade into the quicksand too much, but I see it. You know, um, people that. Man, I guess people just have a lot of time in their hands and have a phone in their pocket, you know, so everybody's got a big, strong opinion about stuff. But, you know, people get – I just saw – i was—I when I take my lunch, I usually put um, – you know, I've got the YouTube app on my Roku. I'll throw it up and scroll through what's trending on YouTube while I eat my lunch, um, which sometimes is a mistake. Because you see people – I just saw somebody made a video – and these guys got to be, I don't know, they're my age, you know, 50 year olds, years old or something, and they're they're bitching about Disney's new animated cartoon. I'm like, really, dude, that's the hill you're going to die? That's what's keeping you up at night? A cartoon, you know? <laughs> um, have you yeah. never heard of girls? What's wrong with you, you know? <laughs> but whatever, people are into what they're into, and I shouldn't judge anybody. But I remember somebody was giving me a hard time for using someone's proper uh, pronouns in, in a, a tweet reply I was doing. And, and you know, I'm like, hey, man, you're still calling X twitter so, you know, uh, you don't really have any <laughs> room to speak there. So
2: <laughs> it's clear I Elon I mean... Musk would
1: prefer Twitter to be called this. Come on. Um, Right. Get with it. Well, I
2: I just go back to how I got raised. My mom told me very early on, just call people what they want to be called. You know, if they want to be called, you know, whatever. If they want to be called Native American instead of Indian, call them that. Like, it doesn't matter. It's no skin off your back. Just call people what they prefer. Um and that just goes Absolutely. across the board. That's not like that's not like a new thing now with pronouns. That's just life. <laughs> the way I look at it. That, tell people what they, what that, they prefer. they the, yeah, it's not my decision, it's theirs.
1: Me too. Years ago I had a gallery in San Diego and uh you know, you see my art and stuff, it's kinda weird. And so of course you got weird people coming in and I remember some of the kids that were working for me, uh this this lady came in and they're like Oh, hey, I, I don't know if that person was born away. I'm like, I don't care what they were born as. We're selling $1,000 paintings in here. If you see somebody in high heels, you say, yes, ma'am. How can I help you? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't do whatever. Unless
2: it's Paul Unless but, it's Paul Stanley, because he can wear high heels better Paul than any anyone, in my is, opinion.
1: That is very <laughs> true. I
2: didn't know you were a big Kiss
1: fan. That's interesting.
2: I just interesting. went to I just went to the last concert here in the Hollywood Bowl, um, wow. and it was pretty awesome. But I went with my brother. <laughs> oh, no, that's yes. okay.
1: He probably got you into yeah. Kiss, right? Or did you get him into Kiss
2: We We found it together. We had a lot of friends that were in bands and were oh. like, yeah, you know, Kiss, whatever. We don't really get it. And then it was maybe 12 or I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago, 10, 15 years ago. We went and saw them at the forum here in L.A., and it was Kiss and Aerosmith, and as soon as Detroit Rock City started wow. and, the, and the explosions yeah. started going off on stage and all of that, we we were instantly transformed. My brother's like, I'm joining the Kiss Army today, and we just kind <laughs> of like, yeah, we're like, okay, now we get it. Now we get it. Once we saw them in person, you're just like, okay, now we get it. Like, yes. <laughs> Well, the interesting so, yeah. thing about KISS
1: is they were – they and, you know, i got to tell you, uh, my wife's generation g- grew up in the, uh, the 90s, early 2000s. It wasn't as bad in the 2000s, but the 90s, definitely. Uh, the era of the singer-songwriter, um, kind of tortured rock star, you know, sitting on a booth somewhere with an acoustic guitar, you know, doing that whole thing, which is fine. I'm not putting it down. But i got to tell you, I grew up – going to KISS shows, going to rock shows in general, um, one of the best shows. You know, and it wasn't just rock. It was, you know, the era of Prince and Madonna and all this kind of stuff. People, mm-hmm. it was theater. And KISS were definitely theater. You know, it's like it's like going to an Alice Cooper show right. today. Right, um, right. It's right. a Broadway yeah. show. It's an event. Right. You know, you're. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. just yeah. standing That's... up there.
2: You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. earning that ticket money.
1: <laughs> You know,
2: that's it is, true.
1: It's
2: yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It is candid. Alice Cooper, a lot of those are in our theater. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely.
1: I, I like to see a show when I spend my heart on earn money. That's just me. That's just me. It's, you know, I'm <laughs> uh, Entertain me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want to just, you know, see somebody busting in the subway. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes that is entertaining. But, not when I'm laying out a hundred dollars a ticket, man. Come on, I want something for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. People were complaining yep. <laughs> about you too at the Sphere. I'm like, it's a thousand dollars. I'm like, it better be a thousand dollars show. Is all I'm saying. And then everybody I talked to went <laughs> said, yeah, it was it was worth it. I'm like, holy moly. Wow. I've never been to a thousand dollars show before. I don't want to now. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't write that check. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Anyway. Yeah, I
2: don't. I don't oh. believe I would spend my money that way. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> and for those who are, have that kind of money and are looking to spend that kind of money, why April's always making new documentaries and whatnot. Just uh, get a <laughs> hold of her, and nothing right, feels yeah. quite, quite as good as producer credit on IMDb. That's what you need. Uh, that'll get you thrown up in the morning. <laughs> April, I'm yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, oh man, let me ask you this, April. Making films and dealing with producers, and uh, or as the rest of the world calls it, people don't know the film business, investors. Um, I've dealt with investors in in non movie type businesses and in, in different business deals over the years and whatnot. And I found there's two there's two types. Um, People that write a check and sit back and let you do all the work, which is great, but that's like winning the lottery and very rare, uh, at least in my world. Uh, they usually want to be real involved. Have you? Um, <laughs> is it that way in the film business too? When people sign on, I think.
2: Yeah, putting I think so. Money into I think, the pot? Like you, like you just said, there's two different types of people. There's some that, and and I think what the difference might be is, are they a frustrated filmmaker. So then they want to buy their way into being a creative on it. And other people are more, and and you're probably going to relate to this, other people are just more patrons of the art. So they get that it's artist driven and therefore why would you ever want to uh, tamper with that? So, so yeah, I think it just depends on the person and what they're interested in. And sometimes people have wonderful input. Um, who get involved with projects. If you find a good creative producer, um, you know, that's gold. It's somebody that can help make something better. Um, So it just kind of depends. I think it really depends on the individual. But, yeah, there's there's all types for sure. And
1: when any type of project, ladies and gentlemen out there uh, who are listening, who might be doing whatever project, uh, not just film or whatever, but things come up. And you might need to go to that investor slash producer and say, you know, well, I need another five thousand dollars to submit this to film festivals or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, things happen, mm-hmm. and if so, you want to be on good terms with everybody, you know, mm-hmm. that makes that conversation so much easier. Anyhow, yeah, I think anyhow,
2: yeah, I was going to say I don't deal with this a ton. But I just think it's like anything. It's just that you want to have a good relationship and you want to be clear about what people's expectations are, what they're doing, what they're getting and the more The more clear and and you know collaborative and and by collaborative that doesn't necessarily mean participation, it just means everybody understanding their their role um, and what's going on and what's expected as long as people kind of know that set up set expectations up front, you know. Absolutely. and the people, the people giving the money have objectives just like you do. So, as long as you're taking their objectives into consideration, then it'll end up being a win for everybody.
1: Oh yeah, and one of the, the things I learned early on in, in dealing with with business partners, et cetera, is it's better to be upfront. Um, if somebody's investing in. in I, we're using film because we're talking you're a filmmaker and whatnot but if somebody's investing in your project and they're like you know they keep using the term rate of return um, well sometimes getting a rate <laughs> of return getting money isn't as quick as uh, you know it isn't like a, a magic hat you put money into and it just doubles and comes out immediately sometimes that takes a little time sometimes it doesn't happen right <laughs> so everybody right, better right. be prepared. Well, I-
2: I think, yeah, I think any of the arts, it's the same, that people have to be mm-hmm. doing it for reasons other than financial return. Um, because if they're purely trying to invest in films for financial return, there's absolutely no guarantees for any type of art, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You know, there. you just have to trust your own taste and that person, that artist or filmmaker that you're working with and like what they do and find your satisfaction being part of the project. And I think most people that deal with film, you know, people investing in film, they always say there's absolutely zero guarantees that any of this will come back. So, um, so yeah, it's supporting the arts first and foremost. And then if there's financial gain, then that's, you know, another, another step.
1: Absolutely. But it is, I, I always tell people, I'm like, if you're just looking for money, Las Vegas is a lot more fun. And uh, you know you might want to <laughs> take take a trip out there, but I will say this: um, with that with that in mind, just like Vegas, once it ha- if it happens once and uh, everything works and everybody makes a little pocket money and has a little jingle in their pocket from uh, you know the change, you're hooked. Right, <laughs> you're right, box, right. You're doing it again, you know. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. It, it it's very true. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned, we'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages.
0: When your guests bring their appetites, Kroger Delivery will make your dollars stretch with great deals on ingredients to make your holiday favorites. Thanks to our refrigerated trucks, you can get Kroger delivered to your door, even if you don't live near a Kroger store. Try today and save $45 total off your first three orders, plus free delivery when you sign up for a free trial of Booth. Order online now at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Eligible for orders of $35 or more. Offer valid with digital coupons. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www. Dot Jamie Rocks dot US WW dot dot US
0: Metal Babe Mayhem that's w dot l o v e s h a c k a p o t h e c a r y as well as online on instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. From La Holler to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us.
1: One of the things we were talking about, and we talked a little bit briefly about it uh, before we came on the air, uh, when the mic wasn't hot, uh, was the, um, uh, you had mentioned in in passing, uh, last time we spoke, about doing a documentary about roller skating. And your history with that is you were the coolest girl in school, I am sure, because your folks owned a roller rink, if I that's remember correctly.
2: correct. Yeah, that's good memory, yeah. And I feel like when we were talking before that you might have been the one who told me roller rinks were nightclubs for kids. Did you did that sound like something you would say? <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> and I believe it in my
2: heart of hearts. Because I And can. I've actually um, told that to other people since then and uh they're, they're they they pause for a minute and then they're like, Yeah, it what the rink was yeah. a nightclub for kids, is a nightclub for kids. <laughs> Absolutely. You got you got Absolutely. all the music, you can ask girls to skate, you know, it's got all the,
1: all yeah. the elements.
2: Fantastic. Um it's social yeah. You know, you're yeah, not buying drinks, you're buying, a, drinks, a, you, you're buying you, orange you, Juliuses. It's, yeah you can get fantastic. a plushie or a, you know a sui- uh, suicide they used to call it when you'd mix all the the soda flavors together <laughs> and um
1: any of the guys who goes to clubs knows this and it's it's so true I remember in the roller rink world when I was a kid there is certain element- elements of uh aspects of fashion involved that directly relate to status um if you roll oh, in sure with $400 skates with, you know, glow-in-the-dark wheels or whatever. And it's like more right. a Rolex to a
2: club. You know what I mean? It is. <laughs> you are you're
1: That's pretty, pretty cool. Funny. Although,
2: although, of course, more valuable is just being a good skater and being able to go backwards and all that. Like, then you're, you're just like, you know, ooh. Um, but, yeah, so my family – so I've done uh, two uh, documentaries about the history – of things that used to be everywhere and now there's less of. I call the branding "going attractions," and the first one I did was about the drive-in movie, which was how I got involved in that world. The second one was about movie palaces, the the big ornate theaters mm. where we used to see movies. And then that was uh, great. Yeah. Went, and when I was on the road making "Back to the Drive-In," um, driving across country, I visited as many roller rinks as I could along the way, because I knew I was going to do roller rinks as a, as a going attraction. And you I know, also visited. You uh, too. You'll yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. You made and two. Also, no, wait, I made four because I also did B roll for the next one, which will be bowling alleys. And then the next nice. one, which will be amusement parks, especially like, you know, family owned regional, regional amusement parks of which mm-hmm. there used to be many. Um, and so I, yeah, many, so I many, visited many. many of those and shot those, uh, while I was making <laughs> that last documentary. And then this year I dug into getting all the interviews. So I went to the world's oldest roller rink, which is called Oaks Rink in Portland. And it has been okay. part of an amusement park. So the amusement park opened in 1905 and the rink opened in 1906 as one of the attractions for the park and they're both still going strong um How? you know since 1906 <laughs> so i had to visit the roller rink that has been going since 1906 and that was amazing um and uh yeah so so i've just been traveling getting all the the roller rink stuff I needed to finish up that film. And I have one more interview I need to do and starting to edit that one. And hopefully that one will be coming out sometime next year once I finish it up.
1: Amazing. Amazing.
2: Oh, cool. I'm
1: so looking forward to this. I I am a huge, you know, I'm an old man now. There's no way I could possibly go roller skate. I I tell you, me and my wife, earlier today, today, ladies and gentlemen, we were at Aldi's grocery store had to pick up a few things and I turned wrong and man I had a pain in my hip like you wouldn't believe thought somebody cut me with an axe or something you know I thought Jack Torrance from The Shining had come out and whacked me in the head it hurt so bad my wife's like she's like what the hell's wrong with you and I'm like I don't know man I am what and she's like it it hurts and I said yeah it's bad and I said and more importantly I am too young to be having hip issues. Are you kidding me? And she kind yeah. of sheepishly looked at me and she goes, well, dear, actually,
2: <laughs> shut up. Well, I'll, t- up. I'll tell it's you not true. Though, the truth. You can still skate older. Oh. Um, and maybe that might even help you. <laughs> um, making this documentary, know. one of the people I interviewed um, is in his 80s and he uh, trains people um, for skating champions, uh, championships. So wow. there's a whole, there's a whole circuit of um, of competitive skating with dance skating and freestyle skating. And you, you always hear about Amazing. ice skating and, but, but there's a whole roller skating circuit as well. And, and one of the guys I interviewed had been a national champion and he's still training, athletes on roller skates and and skating himself and he was in his 80s so you can keep skating i'll be thinking about it i'll be <laughs> thinking i'll be crazy? up at night
1: oh, oh i'm telling you i'm <laughs> telling you i would love that would be you know when i was watching your back to the drive-in there was um one uh very cool elder lady it was in texas and she had an awesome drive-in she was just very cool yes
2: um jennifer at the bronx and, drive-in hmm
1: yeah and she wanted to, like you had mentioned, she was kind of like a uh, Willy Wonka. She was looking for the right fit to take over her, her business. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, and I think I, I told you, I, the, the gears started turning and I was like, hmm, can I, it wasn't a matter of how do we buy, buy the drive-in? It was a matter of how do I convince my wife to move to Texas, wherever it was in Texas. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: That was the, the, the crux <laughs> of the problem. Um, Obviously, I'm still in yes. Florida, so I never come up with a solution to that. Um, but <laughs> I got to tell you, after talking to you about roller rinks, you got me all excited about roller rinks. That's the type yeah. of business I would open. You know, I mean, and I know I'm not uh, the biggest fan of teenagers or kids, but um, teens really didn't go to the roller rink. It really kind of stopped, I think, about, well, you were in this business. When did you think, what, 15, 16?
2: I mean, that's what well, I stopped. I started going to real nightclubs so. though, but yeah, I had a fake you know idea what? It's, everything. It, skating is is uh, like everything. It has different ups and downs. But skating definitely has had many spikes over the years. And of course, sort of that disco fueled skating era was a huge mm-hmm. spike. And then there was a time when sort of the rollerblade was actually rediscovered because rollerblades existed very early around the turn of the century hard to believe mm-hmm. but w- when they really came back in that gave another skating phase and we're in another one right now because a lot of people went back to skating during covid because it was something they could do and stay somewhat apart mm-hmm. do out- do outside and do in rinks and so skating's having a really big renaissance right now so, um, so a lot of people it's are, are into skating again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really great. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it is do, a business folks, of right, riding your wave. Does the family
1: still, are they, they still got a stake in it? Is it still going or did they sell it
2: off? No, no. In fact, um, we did shoot this for the documentary. So it, uh, it, so it closed in 2006, and once I started oh, okay. making my documentary, I learned also that, you know, for example, New York City does not have any more roller rinks, and that there were uh, mm. three three left, and they all closed in 2006, 2007. So something kind of happened in those years when a lot of rinks closed, and a lot have closed since then, and I think it's just a, a kind of like the drive-in. A combination of things: insurance getting more expensive, and less people going, and a little more fighting, and you know, sort of all these factors right. made made it a harder business to sustain. And um, you know, anybody I that was paying rent, insurance. yeah, the, the insurance is going to be crazy up. for a roller rink. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, do you do? yeah. And and a of it, of that's what they've started uh, doing now. To, to, um, oh, wow. Well. Yeah, most most rinks you go to now, they're, they're doing that. They've shifted some of the honest to the, the people skating. But yeah, so Amazing. mine closed, but we did visit it. My cousin and I, who uh, grew up in our family's rink, and, you know, our first job was working the snack bar when I think I was mm-hmm. 13 and she was 12 or something like that. We went to our family's rink building. And it, it, the company that bought it originally was doing a machine shop in there, but then they switched what they were doing and they made it a shooting range. So a lot of people go to an indoor, yeah, for target practice and a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, different police organizations have people come in there to train. And it's really sad. (laughs) It's really sad to go in there because basically the bones of the rink were there. Um, but the big, you know, auditorium skating floor part of the rink, um, they kind of just built another bulletproof building inside it. So mm. you know, we we went when no one else was there. Yeah. Yes, and so we went and we walked the perimeter and we could see, you know, the walls and I believe there were there were even like two fireplaces down at the end and those I believe were even still there Um, because everything on the edge was still there. And um, so it was really sad that we could see the the exterior of the rink still there surrounding this whole um, shooting range. So, yeah, it was kind of sad, but Mm. we shot it all for the film because, um, you know, I always think culturally when we look at all these places, whether it's drive-ins, bowling alleys, roller rinks, um, amusement parks, we used to have a lot of these places for recreation. And for socializing with other people in our community, and um, there's less and less of those places. We we culturally yeah, have absolutely. not valued those places. We've valued the dollar more. We've put in, you know, big box stores instead of drive-ins and you know just different things. And so it always gives us a little insight into into culture. And and I think overall a negative impact on communities and people's mental health probably, no, too. I would agree. um, the fact that there's less agree. and less community gathering places and family recreation sp- spaces, but we've just made a bunch of decisions to not keep those places alive, not, not have a financial structure in our country, whether it's tax breaks or whatever to let them survive. So pretty terrible. Well, <laughs> and I,
1: you know, not to get not to get out in the weeds too much, but I I, I agree 100%. And I'm, I'm going to sound like an old man now. Um, you know, when I was a kid, and we were going to roller rinks <laughs> and drive-ins and bowling alleys and and what. This was the age free screen, um, meaning everybody didn't wasn't constantly glued glued to a screen, and you had to socialize physically. The interesting thing also is um, society-wise we didn't have in and crazy people shooting up places and whatnot, because people had to learn how to interact with people, you know? Um, right. Right. It's uh, You know, people, you know, look at me, I kind of have, have looked like a toad and a, pretty much always look like a toad. Always very good with the ladies <laughs> because I learned how to do that at a roller rink when I was 11. Right. <laughs> you know, um,
2: Right, right, yeah, it, yeah. It's it, you know, and there's there's just and,
1: and certain things, and and you you know you don't run your mouth too much because somebody's brother might actually show up at the roller rink and punch you in the nose. Um, right. I've seen that happen. It didn't happen to me. But it happened to somebody I knew.
2: There were a lot yeah, of checks you know, and balances in place for people. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and oh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful. And that, I think that's part of why I like to do these subjects, because I like to shine light a little bit, um, you know, just on where things were, where they are, and where we can focus time and energy. And supporting mm-hmm. places like this, because I, I do think they're important to communities, is, um, is something I want to, to raise up for people to think, oh, yeah, well, support that her- place if I want it to stick around
1: human beings are a social animal. I mean, all you have to do is, is, you know, turn on, turn on discovery channel late at night and you'll see a bunch of gorillas on a hill. We ain't too far from that folks. Um, that's what we're supposed to be doing, you know? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a reason people go insane when they put them in uh, solitary confinement in prisons, you know, cause they're not right. having a social period. Um, I right, think that's going right. to be a big problem in the future with space travel and whatnot. Uh, you know, not to get, like I said, too yeah. far afield here, but people don't do well with isolation. They just don't. And, yeah. I mean, look at all the nutty Karens that happened because you had to stay in your house for a couple months. Ooh, that's rough, <laughs> right. you know, right. with all your yeah, stuff, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, a lot of people forgot how to interact with others, I think, during during that so, so yeah. So I just, I'm, I'm really interested in, in those things. Um, I mean, and, and plus they're, they're fun. They're fun topics, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of social, social context. And, um, and I always learn making each you. one. So I, I, even I, even though I grew up in a roller rink, there's so many details that I've learned making this new documentary that I had no idea. So I think people are really going to like it and, and learn a lot of cool things and, you know, be reminded. Hmm. <laughs> of uh I'm telling you I'm days, having so, flashbacks,
1: yeah. April, just talking about it, you know, and there's there's little little things, uh, life lessons I learned. Like for instance, you can always buy a pretty girl an order of nachos at the snack bar. Never eat them in <laughs> yourself because you don't want that goof getting on you, man. Um you know? uh, <laughs> That's it. That's the lesson. All right. <laughs> yeah. Learn that. Um I think a lot of people my age and, you know, probably grandpas and weird uncles uh, to you younger listeners, you might've noticed your, uh, those fellow those people in your life wear a little too much cologne. The reason being is because when we all learned how to wear cologne, we were wearing Brute 33. We got from Chris at Christmas time as a present and it would go away quick. So we flashed (laughs) that on real thick and, we just never learned any different way to do it. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I quickly moved on to Dracar Noir. My wife just bought me something. <laughs> it's so true. I, <laughs> I put it on, and I'm like, I'm 16 again. I have still got it. Walking around the neighborhood,
2: <laughs> at all, you know, thinking I was cool. That's pretty funny. Oh
1: man, this is this is so cool. And you've got the coolest job in the world. You're 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 making film, you're entertaining people, and I want to tell people, you know, I we were talking about uh, independent film and, and this and that. One of the things I always hear from people about the movies and movie business and all of this and that is it's an old trope that, you know, they're always complaining, well, oh, these these movie studios, they just make the same movie over and over. You're right. Independent film doesn't, mm-hmm. so support it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm.
2: That's where you Yeah, new yeah. Stuff. Um, yeah, it's. You know, I think it's, that's true. Uh, you know, and that's it's true. It's yeah, because you, you don't, you don't have a, you know a system of a hundred people that have to agree on something or whatever. Right, <laughs> sign You're on. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's April yeah. driving across the country, <laughs> going right. I got to film at a roller rink tomorrow, a bowling alley, a drive-in, and here. That's
2: what um, I did, yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. And amazing. you're right. What's what's better than traveling the country and visiting all those as many of those places as you can? It was really fun. <laughs> well
1: it's gotta be cool too when you approach these folks that, that own these or are doing this stuff, you know, that somebody's interested in what they're doing. Everybody likes talking about what they're doing, you know? And um, yeah. did you ever have anybody yeah. that said, No, I'm not don't interview me, don't don't I don't yeah. want to tell my secrets, yeah. sir.
2: Um, sometimes people don't want to be on camera and I respect that because mm. I like to be behind camera most of the time. Gotcha. I don't like to, I, so I, mean, do I have, well, yeah. And sometimes I have to do interviews and television interviews or whatever and, and be on camera. So that's fine. I, I know I have to do it, so I do it, but I don't prefer that. Um, so I can, I can respect people who just, that's not their thing. Um, But, yeah, actually, when I went to – I went to Portland, Oregon, and Salem, Oregon, and I told you Mm. I went to the Oaks Rink and the Oaks Amusement Park, but there was another amusement park up there called the Enchanted Forest that was built by one man (laughs) who wanted to build a fairy tale forest. And since then, it's expanded, and it's still run by the same family, third generation. And so when I was talking – Um, to to a woman from the family and, you know, kind of learning the history of that place. From the time I first contacted her until she got back to me, she looked up my other films so she could see Mm -hmm. what I made and, and, you know, where my passion lies. And after I interviewed her, she's like, I looked at your other films and I'm so happy to be part of your new film. I thought the other ones were great. I went to drive-ins growing up and you really covered that topic so well (laughs) And uh, so it it it, ha- it does help me um, that I've had such a warm response to some of my other topics that you know when I do contact people they can like you were saying they can look Google it and they can find the other films and that does open the doors because then they know I don't have to be guarded I I get what she's about and um, and so yeah I, I had that nice compliment <laughs> when I was just working on, on that, shooting something for the Amusement Park documentary uh, a, a couple Talk months ago. Talk about a cool proof of concept,
1: you know? And it's not just for yeah. people in suits. It works. It yeah. Works, that's fantastic. And that's why, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, remember, everybody has a phone and everybody has Google. So, you know, uh, <laughs> track, record, <laughs> yeah. track record goes a long way <laughs> when
2: yeah. people yeah. make a decision, you know? It really does and I guess that that's something that I didn't think of. I mean, I suppose you think about this, but when I was making my very first documentary which was Going Attraction, the definitive story of the American Drive In movie. So it was the drive in one I made first. And for that it took me a little while to gain the trust of the drive in owners because they they didn't want somebody outside the community telling their story and they you know, they'd been burned on a couple things before that they felt were a little a little bit about celebrating, you know, that drive-ins were gone. <laughs> that this was something we used right, to do. And the it's nostalgia. like And it's like and it's like, hey, we're all we're alive and well. Like that's not our message. And so they they had to get to know me and finally some of them told me, you know, you have integrity. We're you know, we're gonna open up to you or whatever. And so I I did have to work at it, but now I do benefit from having made You know, I have four documentaries finished and out there in the world, and many others in process, like we were just talking about. But you know, the fact that people can look up and can watch what I've done does build that confidence and trust. You know, as I approach new people for new subjects, they can just look up what I've done, and it's kind of cool because for other jobs, you just have your resume. In most cases, you can't actually see what the person did before. yeah, you know, people right. don't know, you and know. So yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but it it has come up more and more lately, you know, that people um yeah, it, people are seeing what I've done so much and then it just paves the way in an easier way than I had a few years ago. So that that's kind of a cool side effect that I never really thought about it for, you know, for a while.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Let me ask you real quick before uh, we run out of time. A little thing happened this year. Uh, You may or may not have heard about April. Uh, The big strike strikes with an S. Um, Mm -hmm. Did that. Now you're in this world. You know, you're swimming in this pond. Um, Yeah. We, you know, we stopped in my business. I am not an actor. I'm not a writer. I'm not a member of that. However, we do have a show, so I really wanted to, and I'm from Detroit, so of course, you know, very pro-union, <laughs> you know. Um,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Had to show support. Detroit had
2: some strikes so, of their own, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, Detroit also and striking. Those, Everybody's striking. Those worked yeah. out well, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, we it.
2: Were... I, I did go out on the picket line uh, a few different times, uh, both with actor friends and with writer friends. So I definitely was out there supporting and, um, you know, they were all on the right. Everybody, they should have mm-hmm. been striking for the things that they were. Um, and I'm glad they finally got results. But, yeah, it it really put a pause on everything. even um, Absolutely. Even, and and it, it was kind of funny, too, because even though documentaries were totally fine to work on, um, in the case of some of the ones I was working on, you would have somebody who was, uh, you know, involved with one of those guilds participating as a producer or in some other way. And they mm. couldn't touch it because it, because if we were going to try to sell something to Amazon prime, for example, they were like, oh, not with my name on it, you know, we're striking against them. Mm. And even, and even though it was a documentary, which was still Okay it just sort of was like, well nobody can be talking to any of the entities that um that that the guilds are striking against even if you know and, and like the, the directors solved their very true um theirs early but it was still sort of this, yeah, but you can't be you know, we're we're all in solidarity. So it really did slow everything down. And even indie films could get, you know, sag waivers but when they started doing the waivers, it really went to a lot of things that were already in process. And and right. so the net effect, from my perspective and most people I know, is it just really stalled pretty much everything, even if it wasn't directly part of the strikes. Indirectly, it really paused almost everything that was happening.
1: Absolutely. I remember uh, the weekend it happened, some people may not remember this, but... Um, yeah, two real big blockbusters were premiering that weekend. And I had done paintings, they <laughs> themed around this. Frank happened. And I'm like, well, we have to put those on the shelf. We can't be selling those right now. You know, it's, uh, are you kidding me? Um, and so we waited, we waited. And, um, and those, that, those movies, by the way, were Oppenheimer and Barbie. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, I wasn't too worried I knew the strike would end eventually, and we you know and and it did we put the painting up on eBay sold immediately so i wasn't it wasn't the end all you know nobody was lost the farm or anything but you know it was it was interesting because I think it brought attention to um i don't know this this AI thing is weird man that that was really got me i I listed a painting last night on eBay. And as I was listing it, and my wife's in the other room. She kind of normally does this overseas. Yeah, she knows about this stuff. She's young. She has a phone. She's smart, you know. <laughs> anyway, I was doing the uh, the painting, you know, I was putting it on eBay. And then a little thing popped up and said, would you like eBay's AI program to write your description? And I got a cold chill down my back. I'm like, whoa. And I you know, kind of yelled in the other room to my wife. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? What is this? <laughs> She's like, oh, AI is great at descriptions, but you have to edit it later afterwards because it'll be weird, right. you know? And right, they don't have it, beat it in real good, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll try it. And I hit the okay little button on the computer here. And yeah, I felt like I was so, I, I felt like, you know, uh, what's his face, Robert, uh, I can't remember his last name, Uh, the blues man, at the crossroads, you know, selling my soul a little bit. Um, But, yeah, it was such a mess, and I had to edit it so bad. I'm not too concerned about Skynet today. Um, But it's weird. (laughs) As a a writer, do you, I mean, I'm sure this has come up in your world, these AI systems writing stuff. Have Have you
2: come across that? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that was a lot of what, was part of the deals that SAG-AFTRA yeah. and the Writers Guild put together was some uh, boundaries around that, <laughs> around yeah, what's capable and 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 what's pr- what's right. Um, so yeah, and I, I honestly I don't know the details of of what is or isn't in those contracts, mm. but yeah, I think I don't know. I've had very small exposure. I know some producers like it for creating pitch decks because if you want to do a story about some monster and you don't have a creative part, you know, department that's built the monster yet, you can get AI to come up with an image um, by adjusting go. it with, with commands. So for some aspect of creative pitching, I've heard of people using it. Um, so that's not anything that would ever be published. It's just more about communicating ideas and potential for ideas. So... That's kind of an interesting use. Um, I have um, a friend that does a lot of uh, websites and social media posts, and he's been able to use AI to write some of that to stay ahead of nice. you know things so that you're posting frequently enough to stay in the algorithms or whatever. So I get right. that, but most of the stuff I've seen, it's just got a lot of – incorrect information or it's got very basic information that you're just like okay either a robot wrote this because it's very basic it's like a third graders term paper you know where it's just like you know (laughs) roller skating was invented and blah 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 and you're like uh yeah you know or it's completely wrong it's sourced a bunch of bad (laughs) information and that's what I started thinking about was there's so much incorrect information on the internet. If that's what's sourcing, what these things are sourcing to get their information, it's going to be a lot of bad information. Yeah. Right. So I think that's going to be part of the challenge is, you know, how do you get it to find good information? I don't know. I mean, obviously it's here it's, and it's not going to go away, but um, yeah.
1: It's weird In in my world, you know, in the art world, you know, everybody was like, oh, are you worried? People are going to use AI and art, you know? And I'm like, no, because people that want a painting are going to get a painting, you know? People have been buying paintings for thousands of years. You know what I mean? It's a it's a status thing. Nobody's going to hang an AI poster up on their, you know, in their, their mansion or whatever, you know, their cool pad. Right. Um, I'm not concerned. I said, but at the same time, in my particular case, I, I hand paint everything. And one of mm-hmm. my sticks, if you will, one of my gimmicks is everybody's like, oh, that's a screen print. And it's like, no, it's hand painted to look like a screen print. You know, there was, there was, mm-hmm. into that. and I was, I was telling my friend Nellie this. And I was like, you know, because she was bringing this point up. And I said, maybe I should start painting paintings that look like they were AI generated, but they're hand painted. Maybe that's my next uh, stepping stone there.
2: <laughs> You know, it's just
1: uh, kind of out AI. Yeah, to maybe. AI. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's I, a, I don't know. I mean, I it. can't
2: really say where it's going. Yeah, but I do think all the, all you know we, from.
1: Well, I is should say problem?
2: from a writing. Well, I was say from a writing perspective, I don't think when you have, uh, you know, some sort of artificial intelligence, what we were talking about before, the studio being a cor- formu- Yeah, the studios being more a, l- a little bit more formulaic at this point. Um, you know, it, it almost like is a AI ish and, um, you're not mm. going to really get those original human stories. I, I can't anticipate AI doing that, that part, original, no. very oh. human stories.
1: And it's not going to do it right. i I'll, I'll, I just rewatched, um, a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, we, you know, I talked about it earlier, uh, the shining, um, old Jack Torrance, you know, the, the world's best villain. Um, one of the things that made him great is just the facial expressions of Jack Nicholson. Uh, You know, the very few actors could pull off somebody going insane like that. Um, And I definitely don't think an AI could, you know, Um, that guy believed, I think he was nutty when they filmed that. Um, (laughs) You know, and you can say that about a lot of movies. Um, it's, It's, you know, and then you have to remember too, when people get real worried about it, I'm like, have you seen Jaws? You know, that wasn't a real shark, right? Um, right. <laughs> that was a machine, <laughs> you know. Um, but, it, you know, it uh, it, it is what it is, you know. I don't know. I, I think we're all still in business, and I'm glad you're continuing on doing what you do, and that's making fantastic documentaries. And before I forget, We're at the end of the show, but before I forget, I want to let people know we have links up on our show page, folks, and when this show turns into a a, a podcast, and it's out on Spotify and Pandora and all these places, um, these links stay active. So what you want to do is you want to go, you click on it, or, you know, if you're not by the show page right now, I don't know how you're listening to it, but whatever, go to www.goingattractions.com, that's also the Facebook, Instagram, and X is Drive-In Doc and, um, or Twitter, for those who have an issue with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I put the TW on the page. I'm lucky it it's thinking in my mind, oh, we got to change that to an X. I'm trying, mm-hmm. people. I'm trying to keep up with all this stuff. I'm an old man, you know. I'm, I caught it, though. Anyway, anyway, keep doing your stuff. April, I am so excited that you're making these. Um I don't want to put you under the gun or in the hot seat. I just—is it going to be soon? Do you think on the roller rink documentary? Because I, I just want to see it. You know.
2: Yeah, I don't have a timeline yet, um, but I—I'm going to aim for sometime this upcoming year. Um, I'm, nice. hoping mid, I'm hoping for mid—I'm hoping for mid-year, um, but that will require nice. some fun. Some funding coming in to complete it, and that's the part that I can't control as much. <laughs> but presuming I get well, some whatever I do to help, to co- yeah, yeah. Presuming I can get some funding to come in for, for for finishing funds, I mean, then um, that's my goal. I gotta paint a painting with some roller skates in it, man. That's what's it's going on the board right now. I'm putting
1: it I'm writing it on the board. <laughs> um, you should see this board. It's probably, you probably have one just like it, an idea board. Um, <laughs> I had this big whiteboard that I write all this stuff on. Um, anyhow, there's, oh, there's some stuff on this board,
2: files April. and files and folders of everybody. I've got so much. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I have.
1: I'm looking at this right now, and I'm like, I wrote that on there five years ago.
2: How come we haven't done this
1: yet? Um, mm-hmm. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Anyway, yeah, you're just so cool. I I can't I can't wait to see it. And I'm going to rewatch. Um, well, I'll be watching Back to the Drive-in again. It's like I said, it's one of my favorites. And folks, what a cool thing too! If you know someone or whatever that you think would be, cool, uh, you know, would, would like this, you can get them a copy. It's Christmas, you know. And she's got other films as well. She's got other films as well. Um, you can find out all about them on GoingAttractions.com. And I gotta say, April, whoever did your graphics. With that cool car and
2: everything here, yeah, these are great graphics. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. thank you. Yeah, my original yeah. Um, drive-in one for uh, that one was um, done by a guy named David Vanderland, and he has a graphics company, Vonderland.com. dot com. You can check out his work. How
1: cool. Is that? He was
2: <laughs> also doing a lot of promotional stuff for drive-ins in Southern California, so I just kind of knew it was up his alley, and yeah, he totally nailed it. And um, and then um, the other more recent posters, uh, my niece, who actually interned with David, um, has been doing it huh? since. Uh, yeah, so. Um, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is cool. See,
1: I, I love it. I love it. And any of you out there that uh, want to get into graphic design, there's business. You can make a living. Yeah, in it. yeah. It and her, And her
2: website can. is just neat. Her website is just NinaEve.com, dot com n e n a h e v e dot com. So no, yeah, I'm... yeah, and 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 she's been working with me this past few weeks on the um, skating um, poster, and we've decided to that the name of that movie is going to be All Skate um, no. because obviously for skaters that has multiple meaning. Like we all know it's All Skate, All Skate. You know, everybody can get on the Mm -hmm. floor, but also it's just the inclusivity of skating that people of every, you know, wealth and diversity, whatever, everybody skates. Skating is for everybody. So it's all skate and it's all skate.
1: (laughs) I just got to chill when you said all skate. I I love it. What that meant in my world (laughs) when I was going to the roller rink is the ACDC guys only skate was over. Um, yes, <laughs> and that was usually followed by the snowball, which they had a disco ball, you know, a mere disco ball, and would play I don't mm-hmm. know, foreigner or something. Um, you know, waiting for the right yep. one, would, but then they all skate, and that was Prince or the Time or somebody. Yeah, uh, you
2: know,
1: that, that was the jam.
2: Yeah, uh
1: you know. huh. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. I miss it. They would always, I have to say it, my roller rink, because I was the weirdo kind of new wave kid, they would always play at least three tracks for me, you know, There would be a Duran Duran or You Spin Me Round or something, you know. <laughs> uh-huh, and everybody would uh-huh. kind of look at me, and I'm like, yeah, I better skate to this because they're playing it for me. Um,
2: yep. <laughs> and those were fun times. You're,
1: you're, those you're were Your time fun. to
2: jam, yep.
1: I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Anyhow. Anyhow. April – Keep doing what you're doing. You're super good at it. You know this, but you know if you ever have one of those mornings where you're like getting up, going, I don't know if I can film a bowling alley, a drive-in movie theater, a roller rink, and you know a a <laughs> seven ball in one day. Uh, yes, you can because you're good at it. Um, and we certainly are <laughs> happy that you're making these documentaries. It's phenomenal. You know. I, I
2: appreciate the encouragement. You all, all of us need encouragement. You know that as an artist. There's totally days where oh. I'm like I don't think I'm I don't think I'm good at this anymore or whatever. So yes, thank you for saying that. That's much appreci- appreciated.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, folks, that's going to uh, wrap it up for us. Uh, we will be. I got an email earlier, uh, day before yesterday. Somebody was saying, "Hey, how come you're not doing that many shows this uh, this month?" I'm trying to do at least once once a week, folks. Um, have to understand this is the month of December. And in my world, this is the month of people forgot to get somebody a Christmas, a holiday gift, and, um, you know, I'm painting 18 hours a day, man, (laughs) because people don't plan ahead. That's okay. Not complaining. Um, But, yeah, I'm kind of busy painting, but I'm still trying to do at least one one show a a week. Um, We will be back to our normal three shows a week uh, schedule following the holiday. I promise. Although, Mother's, you know, we got Valentine's Day. That's the next big one uh, that comes. It's like anything. Hey, real quick before you go, I just fell in love with them. Um, They were a couple, and they built their drive-in in in their backyard, and they had the bands that were playing. Are they still going? Is it still going? going? Oh, yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. The Field of Dreams drive-in in in Ohio. And, actually, they own a second drive-in. Which they didn't really? build, a historic drive-in called the Vandel Drive-In. Yeah, so they've expanded.
1: <laughs> yep. I'd love to hear you it. Definitely, hear if, it. if you go
2: through Ohio, you should definitely visit their drive-in.
1: I think there was one in Missouri or Illinois that was uh, uh, all mid-century retro. I, I definitely want to visit that one. Um, mm-hmm. We're into it, man. We're into it. We have that house. Yep. Well. Anyway, yep. <laughs> have a Thank you so much. Thank you so much, April, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And as always, you know, you rock. You're cool. Turned up to 10.
2: Yeah.
1: And thank you. wonderful. Well,
2: I hope, I hope your holidays Absolutely. are great. And thank you again for having me on.
1: Alan, oh, back at you. Back at you. Very, very cool. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us. This uh, episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to blast it out on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, you know, everywhere, and uh, like I said, those links will stay active, so you can get on there, and, uh, you know, like and share, uh, share the love, get the help get the word out, and, um, and check out some of these films, man, check out some of these films that she's done, they, these are fantastic. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up, we will see you uh, next time, have a good one, everybody, hey, remember, the world's still a little weird, be patient, be nice, don't wind up in a Karen video on YouTube, I personally would find it hilarious, but you don't want that, you know, in your life. Be cool. Okay, folks, we will see you next time. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rox's
0: Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited For broadcast on Blog Talk Radio Pana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio Manténganse al tanto
1: Hey, the Harry Hicks from Sverige Och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio Med Jamie Rocks
0: Blog Talk Radio